You are listening to episode 15 of Steamy Stories with Jen Wadke. That's me, author and host. We are currently reading Tokyo Talent, and we are on chapter 19. But before we dive into it, if you haven't already done so, head on over to jenwadke.com, J-E-N-N-W-O-D-T-K-E.com, and make sure you sign up. I'm working on some new course content, and it is going to be coming out to people who are on my list first. So you don't want to miss that. Totally free. And when you do sign up, uh, you also get a code that you can download some erotica to read on your tablet or device. So don't miss out on that. JenWaki.com. Okay, we are on Chapter 19 of Tokyo Talent, titled Gallery. Gabrielle was excited to be at the art gallery with Shen tonight. He was the silent partner while Ryo was the public face because Shin wanted to attract people to the opening who loved art as much as he did. He didn't want crowds just because it was Shin Okada, member of Virus. Gabrielle hadn't realized how passionately Shin loved the arts until she watched him work tirelessly to bring this collection here. He and his team managed to secure a number of prestigious works from various museums around the world, guaranteeing a successful opening. But Shin fiercely Proud of Japan's long history of amazing art, was most nervous about the work of Tetsuo Hashimoto, a new artist on the Japanese art scene. Shun discovered Tetsuo himself and showed the works to to Ryo, who had been impressed. But it was a bit of a gamble showing an unknown artist. Gabriel had watched Shun pace the penthouse all day. They loitered at the edges of the crowd, Shun listening to the comments of the viewers, occasionally recognized, but no one bothered them. As the art lovers filtered out just before closing, Shun found Ryo, and they congratulated each other on the positive public response. Ryo and the security team locked the doors, gathered up a few items, and headed to the offices at the back, turning the gallery over to Gabrielle and Shun for a leisurely private viewing. Gabrielle knew Shun had been looking forward to this for months. He was transfixed by the art. He told her about lines, color, depth, and pointed out his favorites. Gabrielle had been hearing about many of these works for a while now, and it was amazing to see them in person. The best part, though, was the joy on Shun's face as he showed her around. Their conversation was interrupted by footsteps. They turned to see Kenta step into the gallery. Ryo must have let him in. He gathered Gabrielle in a hug and planted a long, deep kiss on her. Shun's eyes slid to Kenta, surprised. I didn't think you'd show, he said. You're up to your eyeballs in work this week. Of course I'd show. I know how hard you've been working on this. I had to listen to you natter on about it at work and from this one here too on my downtime, he nudged Gabrielle. Shun smiled. Is this it? Kenta asked, indicating the wall they were standing in front of. Yes, this is all Tetsuo, Shun replied. Wow, he really is amazing. Truly stunning. I'm glad you like them. Rio says we didn't sell as many of his paintings as we had hoped. I'll buy, and I'll make sure I mention it in my next interview. Shun eyed Kenta. Are you sure? You don't have to buy anything. I know you're not huge into art. No, I will. I like him. I like the sensual suggestiveness and the darkness. Besides, I know you want the gallery to be appreciated without your name attached, and that's what I'm doing. I'm not buying for you. I'm buying for me. And the world. This guy definitely needs to be recognized in Japan and hopefully beyond. Well then, this one is the most expensive, Shun said, pointing to a large, striking painting. I really love that one. It would look fantastic in your living room, Gabrielle said. It would, he agreed. I'll take it. 
Kento wandered the gallery with them for a few minutes before making his apologies. I have an early day tomorrow. I'll go find Yo and make arrangements to purchase the painting. Kissing Gabrielle on the cheek, he said, I'll see you Friday. Shun, later. He headed toward the back office, and a few minutes later, they heard the outside door shut behind him. Ryo came out, cackling with glee over Kenta's purchase. He handed Shin the keys, told him to enjoy the exhibit, and danced out the door. I don't know why he danced out the door. Overriding. Shin turned, Shin turned off the main lights, leaving on the, spot, the spotlights that illuminated each piece of art. It changed the look of the entire gallery into something richer, sexier, and edgier. Shun! Gabrielle punched his arm in her excitement. Oh, what? He rubbed his arm. Why don't I have a function here? I have a group coming in soon that's not the usual crowd. They're super high-end, rich, and interested in Japanese arts. I can do some of the usual with them, expensive sushi, fancy Tokyo. But why not bring them here and showcase Tetsuo's work to a group of international connoisseurs? Oh my god, the clients would love it. The firm would love it. She started to ramble. You could be here too. The clients don't know who you are, and you'd be able to speak to them, show your passion for Tetsuo's work, and not use Virus's name. It's genius. Forget taking them over sushi. We could have it catered here. Have a sake tasting. And maybe, just maybe, we could get Tetsuo to come? Man, we could even invite a few select Japanese celebrities who would support you. Keep your name out of the press. It would be awesome. This was the best idea Gabrielle had in a long time. It would be fantastic and would be good for everyone. Her, Shun, Tetsuo, Nippon Communications, and the gallery. I doubt Tetsuo would come. He's very reclusive, but the rest sounds great. Let's hash out a plan tomorrow, okay? Yes, Gabrielle exclaimed, launching herself at Shin, kissing him exuberantly. Her joy was infectious. Child, he teased. She laughed and swatted, swatted at him. He caught her hand easily, grinning. Their eyes met, and their laughter transformed into desire. Shun, high from this successful opening, surrounded by beautiful art, all of a sudden could not keep his hands off of Gabrielle. He backed her into the large, heavy mahogany table that stood in the middle of the gallery that had been used tonight as a buffet table. Cleared of appetizers and champagne bottles, only a few decorative sculptures remained. Moving them off to the side, he lifted her up on the edge of the table. She opened her legs and Shun stepped between them. She wrapped her legs around his waist, crossing her ankles for stability. His hands slid up her thighs under her dress. Her mouth opened in anticipation of his kiss, fingers gripping his shoulders. As they kissed, Shun leaned more and more into Gabrielle. She had nowhere to go but back, and soon was flat on the table, panting, legs spread, and dangling off the edge. Shun pushed her dress up to her waist. Hooking a finger under the edge of her black lace panties, he slipped them down her legs and off over her black Louboutin pumps, the ones she knew drove him crazy. He popped the panties into his jacket pocket. Are you good to go? He asked her as he unbuckled his belt. Yes, she replied. His pants dropped to the floor, and he only bothered to free one leg as his fingers danced over her clit. She wasn't quite wet yet, but she still wanted him and her. Are you sure, he asked. Yes, fuck me. She spread wider, looking at him from under her lashes. He grabbed her wrists, pinning them to the highly polished table. He plunged into her, and she gasped sharply. There was an unusual look in his eyes tonight, much more dominant and controlling than usual. Her vagina pulsed around him, fully wet now. He exerted more force on her wrists, pressing her knuckles into the table. He thrust in and out of her, deep but slow. Gabrielle watched his eyes move from her face to the art in the gallery. There were some erotic pieces here tonight, and she could see the atmosphere was working on his psyche, 
He was embracing his dark streak. He fucked her harder and faster, harder and harder, forcing louder and louder cries from her. Soon his sounds mingled with hers, as loud as he'd ever been. He released her wrists to readjust his grasp so he could pull her body into his as he thrust. Feeding off his dominance, Gabrielle decided to up the ante, letting her black heels, his favorites, dig into his ass. His impending orgasm receded, but the lust in his eyes burned bright as ever. He paused, leaned down to Gabrielle, biting her lip firmly enough that she didn't try to pull away, but hard, not hard enough to hurt. Do not move. She nodded. Keeping a hand on her belly, he stopped. He, huh? he stopped low. Makes no sense. I blame the editor again. Must be he stooped low, fumbling for the belt at his feet. With a yank, he freed the belt from the pant loops and leaned in again, close enough that Gabrielle flicked his nipple with her tongue. He wound the belt around her wrists over her head. Her eyes widened. You didn't think I had it in me, did you? He growled in her ear. She didn't answer. He was right. She didn't think he had it in him, which was fine. But his actions tonight were taking her by surprise. It was hot, definitely, but she was a half step behind. Your stilettos, he said. What? Those stilettos. They're my favorite shoes on you. Then you press them into my ass. This is what you get. I want you to stay still. Gabrielle's hands were still over her head. She grabbed her legs under her knees and pulled her ass right to the edge. He ran his hands down her legs to her ankles. He brought them up over his head so that he could hold onto her stilettos and spread her as wide as he wanted. He exposed her pussy, her legs a long, elegant V in the air, ending in shiny black patent leather points and red soles. He started fucking her again, going slow, rebuilding his orgasm. Gabrielle's cries and moans filled the space again but she kept sliding away from him under the force of his thrusts, not making any effort to stay put as he told her to. He picked up one of the sculptures sitting off to the side. It was a slender, stylized image of a woman being pleasured by two phantom lovers. Do you know what this is? He asked Gabrielle. No. It's the Matsuoka sculpture, he said. Gabrielle's gaze widened. Shin had talked incessantly about this sculpture. Gabrielle was aware of its cultural and monetary value. Getting it had been a major coup. I'm just going to set it right here. One hand pressed down on Gabrielle's arms, still bound so that they were touching the table. He carefully set the sculpture in the small triangle created by her arms. I sure hope you don't break it. Shun! Gabrielle's anguish protest filled the gallery. The fuck are you doing? It was a priceless sculpture. What was he doing? It couldn't be the real thing. He wouldn't risk it. But then she looked into Shun's eyes, full of lust and control and dominance, and a tiny seed of doubt grew. She wasn't sure. Shun, she said again. She was pulled out of the sex, scared, not sure what was happening. Gabrielle, he kept thrusting. Gabrielle desperately tried to keep the sculpture upright, every muscle in her body and face straining to be still. Shun, she screamed, her voice ragged with fear. Finally, she penetrated his haze. What? What do you mean, what? What in the fucking hell are you doing? This is priceless. Take it away. Tears were running down her cheeks now. She watched his face change from lust to horror, but it was too late. She kicked her legs and he let go immediately. Let go. Ah. She kicked her legs and he let go immediately. It's okay. It was a replica, he said. See? He tossed it carelessly to the side. Let me the fuck up. Now. He pulled out of her and unfastened the belt. She bolted upright. Give me my panties, she ordered. He laid a hand on her leg and attempted at reassurance, but she slapped it away. My fucking panties. I thought you understood we were playing, he said. 
She snatched the panties from his outstretched hand, jumped off the table, ignoring the pain from landing on stilettos, and violently yanked them on. You didn't listen. I clearly didn't know. I'm sorry. I miscalculated. I didn't realize, he said. Shut up, she snapped. She'd never spoken to him like that before, but she was too furious to temper her words or acknowledge the look of fear and hurt on his face. How could you? A $10 million sculpture? You let me think I was responsible for a $10 million sculpture? You fucking douche. That's cruel. I'd never really do that, he said, desperation making his voice high. I'm leaving. She snatched up her clutch and marched to the door, shin trailing behind her. Don't fucking follow me. Wait, I don't want you to walk alone. I won't talk. I'll just walk beside you until we're home and then I'll sleep in the guest room. I'm not going home. She had her hand on the knob, stepping out. Let him worry like he just made her worry. I can't look at you right now. Wait, he hastily locked up the gallery. Where are you going? I'll just follow so you're safe. She whirled. No, I said, don't follow me. Don't wait up. Wait, he shouted desperately, but she ignored him and stormed off into the night. Kenta had only just gotten home, having stopped off for a drink on his way home from the gallery when his phone rang. He kicked off his shoes and poured a glass of whiskey before picking up. Hey, Shun, what's up? Gabrielle's mad and she left and she's alone and I don't know where she's going, Shun said. What? We had a fight, Shun said. Where is she now and where is she going? Kenta was on high alert now, tense from the urgency and desperation in Shun's voice. She just left the gallery two minutes ago, yelled at me not to follow, wouldn't tell me where she was going. Fuck's sake, you always ignore that shit and follow, Kenta said. Are you going to scream at me too or are you going to help? Kenta took a breath. I'm going to help, of course. She just left the gallery? Yes. I'm getting in my car. I'll have the doorman watch for her in case she comes here. Okay, Shun said. His voice was a little calmer, but not much. Go home, Kent directed. I'll call you later. Gabrielle was still furious as she walked off her anger. With no real destination other than not wanting to go home, she found herself headed toward Kent's apartment. She pulled a pair of ballet flats from her purse and slipped into them, carrying who looked Louboutins. What in the ever-loving fuck had she been thinking? She thought back to what he did and what she said. Had she actually said no? What happened? Why, when he finally decided to play with control, did he have to fuck it up and go too far? Jesus, a $10 million sculpture? What the hell was he thinking? She stormed on until a car rolled up beside her and the window rolled down. It was Kenta. His stormy face matched the fury she unleashed on Shun not even half an hour ago. They looked at each other. Get in, he said. She got in. Kenta picked up his phone and made a call. Shun, she figured. She's with me. Relax, and I'll talk to you later. He hung up, put the car in drive, and headed toward his apartment. The short drive to Kenta's apartment was spent in silence. Once they were inside and settled on the couch with a drink, Kenta said simply, Tell me. Gabrielle launched into her story, standing up and pacing the living room while she went on about Shun's disastrous attempt at psychological control. And it fucking sucks, because everything up until that moment was awesome. It was hot and fun, and then he had to bring that stupid sculpture into it. Kenta nodded. I get it. I can see why you were upset. Thank you. Gabrielle flopped back down onto the couch. I also see that it was an honest mistake on his part. He'd never, ever make you feel that way on purpose. Gabrielle said nothing. And seriously, storming out of the gallery by yourself at night? He was losing his mind. 
This fuck up didn't deserve such a harsh reaction. You almost gave him a heart attack. When Gabrielle said nothing, he continued. And do you really, truly think he'd risk a priceless piece of art for the sake of his cock? For a minute, I doubted him, Gabrielle said, but Kenta held up a hand. I know. Believe me. I know how in the moment sometimes we just cannot think rationally. It's his job as a top to do that thinking and checking because often your bottom just can't. I know. I had my major fair, my share of major fuck-ups when I was just starting to talk. Did you have a safe word? We talked about them, yes, but had never played with props or anything that would have needed one. But you both knew what they were. Yes, she said. So did you use it? No, Gabrielle admitted. She was starting to feel uncomfortable. Did you actually say no when he put the sculpture there? I don't think so. I think I just asked what the fuck. Okay, said Kenta gently. So maybe you didn't communicate very well either? But still, Gabrielle said, just something to think about. Maybe you could have had it off this whole thing if you had just asked a question or safe worded. Gabrielle nodded. She was feeling guilty now. I mean, other than the misunderstanding about the sculpture being real and your terror about breaking it, it was pretty genius. I bet you were as restrained as you ever have been in your life. No? Well, Gabrielle thought back to how hard she'd been working to stay perfectly still. Yeah, I guess that's true. Shun definitely screwed that up. No question. But you cannot storm out like that no matter what he does or how angry you are. He simply cannot take it when you refuse to communicate with him. It terrifies him, and that's not fair. Okay, Gabrielle gulped her wine. I didn't think about it like that. I was just so angry I couldn't be around him. Kenta silenced that argument with a look. That's incredibly childish of you. How can anything get resolved when you refuse to talk about it? Did you pay any attention to his apologies and horror that he upset you? Not very much, Gabrielle muttered. You cannot pull this kind of bullshit again with either Shun or me. If you're angry or upset, tell us. We can take it. Is that clear? Yeah, I got it. Okay, go to bed. I'm going to Shun's. What? Why? Kenta gave her a look. He's as upset as you were angry. He needs support too. I'm going to go over there for a while to give it to him, and then I'll come back here tonight. I think it's better if you two don't spend the night together. You both need to cool down. She nodded and stood. Thank you. She stepped into his open arms and hugged him tightly. The stress of the evening finally caught up with her and she started tearing up against Kenta's chest. He tilted her head and kissed her gently. It will all be fine. Go to bed, he repeated. She kissed him and padded off to the bedroom. In minutes, she was snuggled under the covers. She heard the soft click as Kenta left the apartment for Shins. She did her best to clear her mind and go to sleep, but instead she tossed and turned all night. Kenta stabbed Shun's doorbell and was buzzed up immediately. He stepped into the penthouse to find Shun in the kitchen, red-faced and covered in sweat. He'd clearly been working out in an attempt to vent his stress and emotions. How is he? he asked Kenta as soon as the door shut behind him. She's fine. She was pissed. I calmed her down and sent her to bed. Now you tell me your version of events. Shun launched into his story, which was pretty similar to Gabrielle's, except with more emphasis on how he was feeling the desire to be more dominant which he knew Gabrielle wanted, and he was really in the mood. It was one of the few times he'd felt truly successful on his own personal merits without being lauded just because he was a member of Virus. No one knew his name. No one knew his name was attached to the gallery and the showcases, so Shin had been feeling a sense of accomplishment like never before. 
and wanted to share that with Gabrielle, share the sense of power and pride he was feeling. I see, Kenta said. So how did she know this sculpture was so valuable? I'd been talking about it for quite a while. It was quite the coup to convince the gallery that owns it to lend it to us. So you didn't talk about it in the moment? Only told you you were placing it there? Did you tell her it was a fake? Well, no, I, I thought it was obvious. Tell me what you said, Kent ordered. I asked her if she knew what it was. She said yes, because I had been talking about it for ages. A glimmer of understanding flitted across his face. And? And I told her I was putting it between her arms and that I hoped she wouldn't break it, Shim said. And what did she say? She asked me what the fuck I was doing. I thought that she was playing along. Then she said my name a couple times, which is normal for her. Then I realized she was almost crying. Fuck. Fucked up, didn't I? Yeah, you did. But don't beat yourself up about it too much. It was an honest mistake. She knows that now. And I reminded her that she should have safeguarded. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Shun stalked to the liquor cabinet and poured himself a generous drink of whiskey. This is why I've never been into this stuff. It's too easy to fuck up. No, Kenta said, you're wrong. Yeah, of course, things can go awry. That's life. And man, have I made some colossal fuck-ups. But no one's taught you how to do it. No one's shown you the ropes. When you're topping, you have a lot of responsibility. You have to train yourself to read your partner. Train yourself to follow certain safety steps. And that's easy enough to do. You just need to learn. And she has a responsibility, too, to tell you when she's really in trouble or uncomfortable, which she didn't do clearly tonight. You both fucked up tonight, not just you. And then she couldn't think straight in her anger because she's never before felt scared or uncomfortable with you. And that terrified her more than anything. She told you that, Shin asked? No, she doesn't articulate those things very well. But that's clearly what happened. I forbade her to pull that shit again on you or on me. I think she gets now that she made a bad situation worse. Okay, Shin said, taking another slug of whiskey. And I mean, really, you have it in you. The psychological bondage you put her into was genius in conception, just poorly executed. Huh, Shun said, the wheels in his head spinning. So now what? Now you get a good night's sleep. I'll send Gabrielle back to you first thing in the morning. And then, Kenta looked squarely at Shun. And then what? And then your education begins. That is it for this week. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next week on Steamy Stories.